Mike Staley Podcast. Episode 1448, 1448. Naya Mike Matthews broadcasting from Cafe Anyway, located somewhere in Podcastro Valley, Mont. Today, we hear from. Can you make your voice do that? Can we hear from. It's almost like a yodel. Shelly Shuhart, Floyd the Floorman, John Deere the Engineer. And we will get to the segment called This is Interesting, a lot of interesting stuff in the news. Mike's Daily Podcast. And I had an interesting exchange of views. Mike's Daily Podcast. With the person that I work with, he made me a cup of coffee and then he posted something on Facebook and I was, oh my gosh I just got on Facebook and there's a girl I have a crush on who posted a bunch of pictures Mike's daily podcast of her in Vegas why is she going she's always going to Vegas I'm not sure but Mike's that's an interesting one daily she eats a lot of sweets podcast how does she stay so slim yeah I don't know Oh wait, she's not in Vegas. She's in Los Angeles showing a friend around. Okay, cool. So I have a... At some point or another... Because she's from Podcastro Valley. And I would think at some point we could maybe get a cup of coffee. But speaking of coffee... Oh look, I just walked in. Hey... Hello, Mike Matthews. It's Kelly Shuhart, the Jump Supervisor. Who's this girl you're talking about? It's a... I don't know. Cafe, I don't know. No, wait a minute. Where are we? Cafe... Anyway. Thank you. Yeah. That's all I can say, Shelly. Okay, that was like Clarice Mud. Who else is here? Oh, Mike, this is Floyd the Floorman. And this is John Deere the Engineer. Facebook makes people say stupid things. Mm. That's true because I noticed this post by Marco, who who does the segment sometimes called the Marco Minute. And he wrote the following yesterday. I am proud to announce I made my first cup of coffee from one of those Keurig machines and didn't screw it up. Editor's note, thanks to Mike H. Matthews. Because that's what I go by on Facebook. Because there's another Mike Matthews, and he's some buff guy. And I can't compare to that. And here's today's podcast picture. Too much pressure. Uh, the podcast picture today is of a pier in Daytona Beach. I am continuing the Daytona Beach theme in my pictures, my podcast pictures. And this is a pier, and there's a. I think there's a restaurant at the end. You can see. Called Krabby Crabs Or Joe's Krabby Crab Not Joe's Crab Shack But Krabby Joe's I think is what it was Now that's not going to get into any legal wranglings But it was right there It was the first day we were at Daytona Beach And I drove on the beach with my mom Because she can't get around that well in the sand anymore And so I drove her there to the beach We parked Helped her out She got On a chair on the beach And got to hang out On the beach And I sort of walked around A little bit And took pictures of this pier 
And you can see the... By the way, this pier looks like it's gonna fall down at any second. It is so rickety looking. And the restaurant at the end, the prices of the food are crazy. And I don't know how they get the food out there to begin with. All these questions. Oh, Daytona Beach. You leave so many mysteries unanswered. But it said, thanks Mike H. Matthews, this post for taking on that recording. I hope you enjoyed that nasty French roast bleep I made ya. That's awesome. So I post something and maybe one or two people like it. Thank you as always to Carrie who likes just about everything I post. She's awesome. And to uh, Karen. I know a couple women whose names start with Kara. And that makes me special. And let's see, sometimes... Oh, Kai. I guess everybody who gives me likes have names that start with a K. I guess that's what happens there. But what Marco, he got all these comments. Like, 18... So, but people... So, he just told that story, right? It was his first cup of coffee that he made from a Keurig machine. He didn't screw it up. He made it for me. And all these people ask the same stupid question. Well, here, let's run down through the comment replies to the comment. To the comments to the post is what we would how we would phrase it. Is it possible to screw it up? said one person. I was gonna say you made it only, you didn't drink it. Imagine the scene from Weird Science when the brother says drink it. I don't remember that scene. Bwahaha, I make me laugh. This one just for the hell of it, love you. And it was a picture of Rodney Dangerfield with a okay sign. Okay, now we're getting into very, I guess, personal sort of Marco references as we enter the Marco world. Uh, how do you mess up making coffee with one of those LOL? And then Marco had to clarify, well, since I don't drink coffee and never used one of those before, if you hit the wrong size button on there, you could have an overflow of that crap LOL. But I asked my coworker which button to hit for the size of mug, that coworker being me. And then somebody further down the list goes, You drank coffee? And Marco's like, Nope, I made it for my coworker who took on a recording I didn't want to do. Did you read the first post? Did you read my post even? My point being, people don't really, they zoom through Facebook, they don't absorb what's there. And. I guess that was sort of a weak point to make, but it's true. You can add your own comments on mikesdailypodcast.com or you can email me mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Also, you can call me at 336-MM-DAILY and mikesdailypodcast.com also has the links to all the past podcasts, past shows, past podcast pictures. And you can help out through the Amazon link. Click on that Amazon link. Buy whatever it is you're going to buy. And that helps us out. Or you can click on that PayPal and help us out that way. I got to take my hat off. It was so cold. It was like in the 50s already. 50s already. And hey, a guy who published a magazine that had a lot of naked women in it died as you probably know by now. So let's get to the segment called This is Interesting. Wow, this is interesting. Is, is that why you're bald, Mike? He made it to 91. <laughs> Hugh Hefner made it to 91. Okay. Wow. I thought he might get to 101. 
You know, they say beautiful women help you live longer. Hey, 91's a good age, I guess. So, what do we say about Hugh Hefner? He objectified women. He made money off of women's breasts and butts and shapely forms. Did he create a huge roadblock in feminism? In the road to feminism? Did, did he uh, bring up a lot of important issues? So, was he socially conscious in his magazine? Where he took on race and took on the Vietnam War And had very interesting interview styles with celebrities Where he got behind So somebody brought this up on a show I was listening to Yes, I listen to shows at 4 o'clock in the morning as I come into work And somebody brought up the fact that In that long form interview section that he had It really got behind the mask that celebrities have Because when you watch all you... This is what I hate Is When you go online And you're Oh here's an interview with uh, Chris Pratt And all it is Is Chris Pratt talking about The stupid movie The latest movie he's in Which I love Guardians of the Galaxy too. I saw it on my flight to Florida But Just that whole You know that facade That celebrities have Or famous people Politicians And Hugh got behind that He He made people naked And Made people naked He allowed people to unclothe themselves in many ways To strip off layers in many different ways But yet he also made money off of women's boobs And here's the thing Is women have made money off of their boobs in other ways before Hugh I think I'm not going to list a bunch I'm not, not making a documentary about that at the moment Or writing a book But it would appear if you go back in history We have People that utilize their beauty For some sort of gain But at any rate I don't know where I'm going with this Just that Hugh Hefner died And let's see He spun the Playboy magazine Into a media and entertainment industry giant All the while As its very public avatar Acquiring attractive young women And sometimes marrying them Well into his 80s And uh, was it Barbie Benton she was lovely uh, Let's see He died At the Playboy Mansion itself Okay So Playboy Mansion A lot of crazy parties went on Went on A lot of debauchery And there was the famous Grotto or the Grove or whatever The big water cave Where all kinds of things happened Yeah So That's sort of what people he will be known for And the, the show he had The TV show where There was a lot of jazz being played The brand were inseparable Playboy and Hefner Both advertised themselves as emblems of the sexual revolution An escape from American Priggishness And wider social intolerance Both were derided for over the years As vulgar, as adolescent, as exploitive And finally as anachronistic True because if you look At the type of Pictures It's Compared to other uh, Types Of pictures on the internet At least in the Playboy pictures It seems like there's good lighting 
Uh, certain parts are covered up with like a bear rug. I won't get more explicit than that, but Mr. Hefner was a stunning success from his emergence in the early 50s. He was compared to Jay Gatsby. Okay. Citizen Kane, Walt Disney. Mr. Hefner was his own production. He repeatedly likened his life to a romantic movie. It starred an ageless sophisticate in silk pajamas and a smoking jacket, hosting a never-ending party for famous and fascinating people. The first issue of Playboy was published in 1953. He was 27 years old and a new father married to, by his account, the first woman he had ever slept with. He had only recently moved out of his parents' house and left his job at Children's Activities Magazine. Yes, he went from Children's Activities Magazine to Playboy. But in an editorial in Playboy's inaugural issue, the young publisher pervade another life. We enjoyed mixing up cocktails and hors d'oeuvres or, uh, and putting a little mood music on the phonograph and inviting in a female acquaintance for a quiet discussion on Picasso Nietzsche jazz sex. The scene projected in era's premium boys style. That according to the New York Times, written by Laura Masnerius. The brand faded over the years and by 2015 the magazine circulation had dropped to about 800,000. Although among men's magazines it was outsold by only one other and that would be Maxim that was founded in 1995. On to other news. And speaking of women, in women rising in power in the world, Arizona state legislature now has a higher proportion of female members than any other state. And the number of women in elected office may be poised to skyrocket next year. More than 18,000 women have contacted Emily's List about running for office next year, said Alexandra DeLuca, the group's spokeswoman. The Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee counts 84 female candidates running running for 80 Republican-held districts that the committee is targeting. Arizona's legislature is now 40% female, leapfrogging Nevada's 39.7% to become the most female-heavy legislature in America. This according to The Hill. Um, the, let's see, six other states, Vermont, Colorado, Washington, Illinois, Maine, and Oregon have legislatures in which more than a third of the members are women. Although Arizona has a conservative reputation, the state has a long history of electing women to office. Four of the state's last six governors have been women, dating back to 1988. It was also one of the states to send a woman to Congress with Isabel Selms Greenway, who won office all the way back in 1932. There's a lot of women in politics in Arizona. We have a cowboy mentality here. If you want to get involved and be active and engage in your community, you can, said State Representative Michelle Ugente Rita, chairwoman of the State House Elections Committee. We don't have many barriers to entry, she said. Let's go to North Korea or South Korea. They're expecting more provocative acts by North Korea next month to coincide with the anniversary of the... They're always having an anniversary of the founding of the North Korea Communist Party and China's all-important Communist Party Congress in a meeting with President Moon Jae in one... In... Oh. It... President Moon Jae-in. I couldn't read that for a second. 
if you couldn't tell. He said he expected Pyongyang to act around October 10th and 18th, but gave no details. The South Korean Security Advisors report also noted the risk of that a military conflict could be sparked by accidental incidents. Uh-oh. The tensions on the Korean Peninsula have escalated in recent weeks with Kim Jong-un and U.S. President Donald Trump exchanging bellicose threats and insults over the North's, North's uh, nuclear and missile development program. Back to Trump, though. He, in an exclusive interview with Fox & Friends, said the NFL owners are afraid to act against their players protesting the national anthem and the flag at games across the country. He said the NFL is in a box and they have to do something about it. I think they're afraid of their players, if you want to know the truth. He reiterated that the NFL has a wide range of rules suggesting the league should apply new rules to those who would protest the anthem by kneeling. They've got rules for everything. You can't dance in the end zone. You can't wear pink socks relative to breast cancer. They have rules for everything. Why aren't they honoring this country by forcing a rule that's been in existence for a long time? Hey, speaking of... Uh... Objectifying women Fox News Am I right? Oh my gosh Any woman that's on that network Has to show their legs They gotta wear something short That shows off their legs And they sit in a leg chair And Crazy Google Home Google go home No Google Home users Which I know like zero of And I live in the Bay Area Close to Silicon Valley Work near Silicon Valley the Google Home users looking for a higher-end audio experience may just have their wish. Uh, the tech company is currently creating a new version of its smart speaker with stereo sound. It's also presumably larger and will come with a premium price. It's Google's response to Apple's HomePod and Sonos. And what, maybe the Echo 2? And finally, Twitter. Hey, I have a Twitter sound effect. Do you want to hear it? Okay. There it is. Officials from Twitter will trek to Capitol Hill today to talk to congressional Russian investigators about how Russia... Well, maybe Elizabeth Warren can explain this. America elected Donald Trump. And yeah, the Russians helped. That's right. Uh, Congressional... And what did Trump say about Russia, Mike? Oh, I will tell you. I say it's better to get along with Russia than not. I think he will tell you, actually. Uh, How the Russian-linked accounts may have used the social media platform to try and sway the 2016 election. On Twitter, Twitter officials will meet behind closed doors with Senate Intelligence Committee staff to discuss Russian efforts to use Twitter during the 2016 election, as well as potential changes ahead of the next U.S. election cycle. Twitter is the second social media company to meet with the congressional panels investigating Russia's meddling in the election. As Facebook also briefed the Senate and House Intelligence Committees, Facebook later disclosed it had discovered it sold $100,000 worth of election ads to Russian-linked accounts which it has pledged to share with the congressional committees soon, which that's all just messed up. Because even Obama told them, hey, you can't, you're, you, you know, you're selling, uh, you, you're accepting all this money from Russia. You don't have a problem with that? That's not even funny. That's crazy. How does, how does a company go, oh, wait, oh, by the way, we made a bunch of money 
off of the Russians totally messing up our election. We didn't know that. We were like, oh, we just went over the records and discovered that just the way they released that information just leaves me in a huff. I can't believe it. And here's one other side of it that I don't understand. It's so really American people are so stupid and you're probably going to say yes to this question. American people are so stupid that we'll believe anything we see on social media or we did back in 2016. Anything we saw on Facebook or Twitter, we believed without questioning it once or twice. But yes, Mike, there's an echo chamber. And when we see things that we believe already that the, what do you call it? The, uh, now I can't think of any other words. My word brain is dead. As we go outside a cafe anyway, we're bringing Mike's daily logarithms, the algorithms, the whatever, you know, they keep showing you things that you want to see. Ah! Stop going. Get off social media is my point. That's the whole point of the show. Because people don't read what the, what's on there. I guess they do read it because the election was swayed. Ah! I, I will end the show with a yodel. Yodel. And say that the next show is going to have the wonderful Benita, the disgruntled fiddle player, and the brewmaster. 336MM Daily with your thoughts. Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.